The following episode of Locked on Bulls is brought to you by CBDMD. Whether you're a pro athlete, an exhausted parent, or you spend all day in the office chair, CBDMD wants to give you the support you need to make it through the day. CBD Freeze and Recover are an outstanding duo of topical products with specialized formulas to provide targeted relief where it matters most. And to make it even easier to try Freeze, Recover, and every other CBDMD product, take 25% off when you use the promo code NBA at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com, promo code NBA, for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD products from CBDMD. Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. White, couple of jab steps, comes up shooting top three, bam! Put him in the Hall of Fame! Your number one source for Chicago Bulls news and stories. One more, one more y'all want me to prove, man. Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. Jordan Malley. Jordan, great to see you. Through our 670 score scope. Yep. Where is he? And it's right over there, Bill. Joining me now, Matt Peck. Locked on Bulls podcast. Producing podcasts left and right, even in the offseason. On Twitter, at Locked on Bulls, at Jordan C. Malley, and at Bulls underscore Peck. I don't have Twitter. I don't do anything like that. And I love what you guys do with the show. I listen to every episode. You guys are one of the best podcasts, period. Y'all keep going you do best. I love you guys. So kick back, relax, and get ready for the best hour of your day. It's 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 raw. You can just see the vibe. Locked on Bulls starts now. Here are your hosts, Jordan Malley and Matt Peck. Okay, cool. I was hoping it wasn't one of those knucklehead programs. What's up and welcome into Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jordan Malley, along with me is Matt Peck. Follow us on Twitter at Jordan C. Malley, at Bulls underscore Peck, and at Locked On Bulls. Hit us up on our text and voicemail line, 331-979-1369. Drop your text, your voicemails, anything you got for us at 331-979-1369. Welcome back midway through the week, Matt, and we've got a Bulls game tonight, but one of my favorite episodes of the week, we get to take voicemails, text messages from the Bulls listener, the Bulls fan, uh, and definitely plenty to discuss over the next couple of weeks, and I'm sure our mailbag is absolutely loaded, but first and foremost, man, before we get into the voicemails and texts, how are you? What up, Jordan? What up, Bulls Nation? Looking forward to some voicemails uh, on today's show. Looking forward to Bulls Pelicans tonight. Um, you know, ho- hoping for a bounce back uh, after that disappointing loss to the Wizards. Another opportunity for Bulls to, uh, you know, hopefully outrun a team that's coming in the second night of a back-to-back. Pelicans, pretty impressive blowout win over the Rockets on Tuesday night. Uh, really balanced uh, uh, night from them. They put up 130 points. They got 20-plus from Zion and Ingram. They got uh, Lonzo and Bledsoe in double figures. They had three bench players in double figures, including Hart, who had 20. Like This is, this is going to be a tough defensive night for the Bulls. 
I don't understand how Josh Hart has become one of the best rebounders in basketball this season either, man. He had, I think, 16 rebounds the other night. Just absolutely bonkers coming off the bench. But the Pelicans are on a roll, man. They've won four in a row. It seems like they've changed their style a little bit, too. Uh, Not playing Steven Adams as much, especially late in games. They didn't play him nearly as much in the last four or five games. So interested and intrigued to see how they might approach a back-to-back tonight against the Bulls, who are depleted in the front court. Maybe this is Steven Adams' opportunity to kind of capitalize on a weak, weak front court. And we already saw a couple big men be able to do that with Carter and Marketing being out. Vucevic put up his career high 43 on Friday. So um, I'm expecting some type of similar performance and just hoping somebody can stop Zion or get him in foul trouble early. Yeah, I mean, if if the Pelicans want to abuse the Bulls in the front court tonight, they absolutely can. I don't see what will be stopping them. The Bulls have been the best team, Matt, over the last 10 games as far as fewest three-point attempts given up to their opponents, which I was actually surprised by, and then I thought about it for a second, and I was like, wait, of course they're not shooting as many threes. Opponents aren't shooting as many threes because they're absolutely dominating anything and everything they can get inside the paint. So it makes a little bit of sense, but the Pelicans are also giving up the most three-point attempts over the last 10 games, so... I don't know if Zach Levine and if maybe this is a this is the Kobe White get right game. I think he feel I feel like he needs maybe like a get right month, but three point shooters will be out in full force tonight. So that means plenty of Denzel threes, plenty of Kobe White threes. We might even see Patrick Williams take more than one or two threes in this game. Certainly possible. Um, yeah, it's a it's a good a good test. Um, you know, the Bulls kind of underwhelming in that five game stretch, you know, where you had two against the Knicks, two against Orlando and then Washington. This Pelicans team is is I would confidently say better than any of the teams that the Bulls have faced in the last five games. And um you're right, Stan Van Gundy has made some interesting adjustments recently to their to their rotations and they might be a team looking to make some moves. Uh, you know, who knows if uh, any of our our upcoming voicemails will have anything to do with a particular uh, Pelicans point guard, but hopefully a fun night, hopefully a, a game in which the Bulls are pretty competitive. Let's get to the text and voicemail line. Uh, 331-979-1369, the place to drop your text, your voicemails, anything you got for us, 331-979-1369. First one comes from the 251. Hi guys, Larry Hughes here. Uh, I've, I've heard a lot of conversation about like where the Bulls are, are not going anywhere and uh, you know how do we get the second star, how do we you know, start over, but that's kind of thinking why are we worried about how are we going to win a championship now when we're not even in the playoffs? That's like worrying about how am I going to get a scholarship when you're not passing ninth grade English? Like, let's get to that step first, get in the playoffs with the players that we have now to see what we're going to do. Um, when the off season, there's not anybody that's going to come here uh, with free agency anyway. Let's just see what we can do with these players and try to build from there. Um, and I just think that let's get in the playoffs. Let's have a team that we can root for and then worry about that later, not tie ourselves down with any heavy contracts, and then just kind of go from there. I don't want to trade away an opportunity for that. I would rather let's get another point guard in here or something if we can. If not, just roll with what we have and, and in the offseason kind of deal with what we have in the aftermath, give a full season to evaluate because we're not beating anybody in the next couple of years anyway, no matter what we do. So let's just have fun with it, 
win more games than we lose and just see what happens. All right. Thanks, guys. Shout out to Larry. He's actually Matt. He's an OG. I always I I noticed that name from Twitter. He interacts a lot with us on Twitter. He's one of the one of the very originals. I remember one of the first people that listens every day. So thanks for dropping a, a voicemail for us. I'm gonna let you take the first crack. Did I at hear this. that right? Is his last name Hughes? Is his name Larry Hughes? Yes, I think I believe he's Larry Hughes Jr. I don't know if he's got any association to Larry the, Hughes. The NBA Larry Hughes, as in <laughs> former teammate of. MJ Wizards edition, former teammate of young LeBron Cavaliers. I don't know if it's this. I would highly doubt it's the same Larry Hughes, but if it is Larry, they're the Larry Hughes. I'm blown away. I'm blown, absolutely blown away. But I'm gonna let you take the first crack at this. What do you think? Like, the Bulls have no shot at, at getting anybody here, even remotely borderlining an All Star. Or a guy that you could build around with Zach or maybe without Zach. What did you think about his approach and his take on the next couple of years? Well, I think it's a very level-headed approach, realizing where the Bulls are compared to where we're trying to get. Um, and, you know, I, I, you know me, I'm always preaching about maintaining expectations for this squad um, with, with the new front office. I think right now the Bulls are in an interesting position where they look to have an all-star in Zach Levine. And maybe he just needs a running mate who is as good or maybe even a little bit better than he is. And where the Bulls go uh, to find that player to pair with Zach, um, you know, as Larry mentioned, the the, the 2021 free agent class has kind of dried up as far as some of the bigger names. So looking to land a player who wants to play with Zach in a trade who is not happy where he is now seems like the most logical path forward. What about you? I'm with you in the in the sake that maybe not in this free agent class, and that's why, like, regardless of what the Bulls do with Levine, man, I, I still think that they need to make their first move in a trade, that being significantly upgrading their roster without trading Zach. I don't think you're getting anybody in free agency. Like, even if with all the massive sweeping changes that this team has made, still some stench left on this team from the last three or four years, and guys want commitment, too, that this team is actually going to be competitive, stay healthy, and compete. If, you, if you're going to bring in a, a Tier 1 or a Tier 2 type of player in the NBA, I mean, there's not many available. There's one Tier 1 player available in free agency this summer. That's Kawhi. I don't, like I said, I don't even think the Bulls get a meeting with Kawhi. So then you're down to guys like Victor Oladipo and Kyle Lowry. I don't know if those entice you at all at a lower cost, but I don't know. That doesn't thrill me next to Zach or anything. I think thinking about the future is smart, though, as a fan, because think about where we were with Jimmy Butler and hanging out in mediocrity for two, three years, and all of us thinking about the future ahead. I mean, we're four years removed from that trade, and it feels like a lot of a lot of things have stayed the same outside of just Zach. In four years, it doesn't feel like there's been a whole ton of progress to see the light at the end of the tunnel, if that makes if that makes sense. Yeah, I think uh, I think you're right on on that remark. Um, you know, it's it's not it's not easy to get yourself a, you know, top level star on your team. And it's much harder and is much more expensive whether you're talking about actual cash money or draft capital and future assets of your organization to get them in trades. Um, and we know that this Bulls, this, this Bulls uh, roster is lacking in talent and they need to find somebody. Um, and I think right now, at least like, like you said, the first move other than maybe hopefully 
somebody saying, hey, I'm a free agent and I want to come play with Zach Levine, which would be, you know, wonderful if that happened down the road. I think the first move that needs to be made is that AK and Eversley need to make a trade. And I think that they know that. Jordan, lots more to get to in our uh, voicemail box. First, though, wanted to tell our listeners about 1010. This episode is brought to you by 1010. You may have heard or read about this in the New York Times, In Style Magazine, or Forbes, and we're excited to tell you all about it right now. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful commitment ring. They're available now exclusively at BlueNile.com, and when they're gone... We all know the diamond engagement ring is iconic. It's a timeless expression of the deepest commitment between two people. And with 1010, it's been beautifully re-envisioned in the hands of 10 modern designers working exclusively with sustainably sourced diamonds. If you're ready to mark a special commitment or looking for a unique and meaningful way to celebrate Valentine's Day, you're definitely going to want to check this out. Again, this exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings is now available exclusively at BlueNile.com. Matt, there's only three players in the NBA that have scored at least 600 points and dropped at least 73s in this season alone. You probably have cheated if you saw my Twitter timeline over the last 24 hours, but could you guess, if you haven't cheated, could you guess the three players that are those guys, the three guys that have scored over 600 points this season and over 73s? Zach, Steph, and Dane. Zach? Yes, it, not in that order, but Steph, Zach, and Dame all are over 600 points and over 73s, which is insane, man. It's it's absolutely insane. Zach is having a hell of a year. As much as we criticize here and we nitpick, I mean, we're nitpicking a guy that continues to develop year after year and hanging out in company like this year after year. I mean, it's not a fluke, so... Uh, I'm glad Zach Levine is starting to get some of the recognition that he deserves. I just wanted to throw all that out there because it's insane. We haven't had a player like this in a long time that's putting up the stats that he is 25% through the season. And I get bubble bubble play is a little different, and this is like half bubble play, but still, I mean, hell of a season from Zach Levine so far, and now we just need him to close games for us. Yeah, absolutely, man. You, you are right uh, about these, uh, you know, that's just one of the many examples the latest example of statistically propping up what Zach Levine is doing this season backing up what we're seeing in these games every night with the numbers and the you know rarefied air and the company that he is with when it comes to what he's doing this season and what has been done across the you know years of NBA history with that being said let's uh, get to our next voicemail this comes from the 773 What's going on, fellas? My name is Danny Garcia. A long-time listener, first-time caller. Love the show. Matt, I love what you guys do over there at Ball on, Ball on Bulls. First thing is first, I'm right here watching the third quarter of the second uh, Knicks game. And I just I don't see any grit from Lori Markinen. I don't see any grit from any of these other bench players. They're good scores, but I just, I don't, like, Laurie Markkinen looks soft as hell. Like, I don't see any grit out of Laurie, and Laurie's just a softie. You know, he's always talking about, oh, yeah, I need to be better. I need to be better. I need to play more aggressive. Well, then do it. 
just stop saying need to be more aggressive and just do it. That's really what I want to see out of Larry Markkinen. And I feel so sorry for Zach Levine. I mean, Zach Levine doesn't have any help on his team. Man, I wish the Bulls had elite perimeter defensive players with some shooters. Um, I'm on the board of uh, extending Zach Levine and keeping Zach Levine here in Chicago. I mean, he's he's a star, and he's loved around the league. Why not just keep him and build around him? Uh, that's all I have. Uh, Go Bulls. So just coming on the heels of some tough Lowry Markin and injury news, and thanks for calling for the first time. Really, really appreciate it, and thanks for listening. Um, Matt, we kind of had this conversation over the last couple of weeks about Lowry. I feel like it's kind of uh, useless to have it right now while he's not playing, but the only thing I would add to that is, remember, context matters, and guys, just because they return from injuries because they're good enough to play doesn't mean that they're not still fighting symptoms and things that they're going through. Like Take, for example, Lowry's elbow. The elbow issue that he was having that cost him nine weeks of last season. That hurt him a ton. And it affected three quarters of his season. Even when he returned in December, he wasn't the same player. Halfway through January, he wasn't the same player. He didn't start picking it up till February. By that time, man, I mean, we were, we were three quarters of the way through the season almost. So so, again, context matters, but I, I see what you guys are saying. When they go out there and be aggressive, though, look what happens. I, I mean, these freak injuries happen. Yeah, and, you know, uh, shout out to Danny. Thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. Um, and I am clearly with you. If you've been listening to this podcast or if you've been, you know, hanging out with me and Big Dave and John on Hot Mike during Bulls Nights, you know that I had started to really just lose my patience with Lowry's lack of aggression, especially... It's like when you get teased, when you see a little of something, you want more of it. Like Danny said, you know, don't talk about being aggressive. Go do it. At the first stretch of this season, before he had to quarantine, and then he had like the weird hip or whatever, uh, Lowry was looking like a more aggressive version of himself, getting inside the three-point line, putting the ball on the floor, attacking the rim. Then he had, you know, those three weeks that he lost. Then he came back, and he had some rust to knock off. And then he started once again to look aggressive, putting the ball on the floor, attacking the basket, back-to-back 30-point games. And then he followed up back-to-back 30-point efforts with that dud of a game where he had eight shots total. And you're like, okay, for every good glimpse of Lowry and for every moment that makes us Lowry believers regain a little bit of hope, we lose it again because he drops it again because he drops that aggressiveness and he looks soft. I completely agree. And, I mean, here we are. That call uh, was left to us, you know, from Danny last Wednesday night against the Knicks. And now Lowry's out two to four weeks with a shoulder. And who knows if that is going to, you know, have a lingering effect, just like you said, the, the, the elbow did for him last season. It's always something. And I am, I am losing my Lowry patience, man. I really am. So, Danny, I feel you. I mean, the same, uh, much of the same can be said about Carter, right? Uh, the the frustration, the inconsistency of just not being on the floor together is just super frustrating. And again, I don't blame these guys for that. I don't I don't blame Lowry for getting hurt a couple of times. I don't blame Wendell for getting hurt a couple of times. But again, I, I say this only to prepare Bulls fans having the conversation about trading and, and, and either trading Zach or letting him walk. You're not guaranteed shit. We've talked about this multiple times, man. You're not guaranteed anything. We rolled the dice with Jimmy Butler, severely underestimated what Jimmy Butler could do, and maybe he doesn't get to the point that he's at without leaving Chicago. That being said, though, do you want to make that second? Do you want to make that mistake again? 
I I already told you last week I don't want to make that same mistake, and I, I'm on board. I, I think I'm on board completely. I'm like 98% on board with re-signing Zach to a max, even if it costs you a max. And I'm even more aggressive in saying that maybe they should get that deal done this summer if he continues to play the way he's playing this season. Yeah, and again, we nitpick and we talk about uh, a missed you know, deep pull-up three or his missed layup from the Wizards game. And we talk about these little things where Zach comes up just a little shy of being the guy for us. And even though we do that on some nights where he is the guy for us and we get our wins because he is the guy for us. Just when you, that most recent stat um, comparing what he's doing to Steph and Dame and some of the other company that he's keeping this season, some of the historic numbers that he's putting up this season as far as his points, his rebounds, his assists, and his shooting efficiency. Look across the league at some of the other max players, quote unquote, who are making max money. How many of them do what Zach Levine does? How many? It's a pretty short freaking list, isn't it? Which is why I find it so baffling that there is a significant population among Bulls fans who are like, yeah, just just trade Zach, get what you can get for him. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll move on, try and find the next guy. It's like, actually, this guy's still in his mid-20s and pretty darn good. Why is that not a piece worth keeping? I'm with you, man. And he's improved on the defensive side of the ball, too. His individual defense has been has been stellar this year, man. I mean, I, I said it last week. This is the first time in Zach Levine's career that he's a positive net player. Offense and defensive rating combined to equal a positive net rating. It's the first time in his career that he's done that. Not only that, Matt, what have we just talked about for the last 10 minutes? Injuries, guys not being able to stay on the floor. Zach Levine, since returning from that ACL injury, has stayed on the floor for the majority of games. The only time he actually sat, the only time he actually sat was in March when they were running out that like Walt Lemon Jr. and and Jakar Sampson lineups towards the end of the second year of the rebuild. But he's played in in damn near every game he's been available for, man, or that has been available over his career with the Bulls so far. So I applaud that too. Availability means a lot too, especially for a team that has dealt with so many freaking injuries so many times over the last four years, man. So I don't know. Again, it's something to ponder as a fan is is think about, do you want to, do you want to roll the dice again with a brand new front office? And and potentially regret it three or four years down the road. I don't know if I'm willing to make that same mistake again, man. And I I, I want to throw this wrinkle in there, and then I'll get to bet online. Billy Donovan didn't come here to rebuild, man. So that's something else that we all need to continue to think about. Billy Donovan didn't get paid massive money to come in here and rebuild. If he could, if he did that, if he was going to do that, he could have stayed his ass in OKC and probably had a lot better of pieces to build around in terms of a quote-unquote rebuild. Would you agree with that? That Billy Donovan didn't come here to lose, and he didn't come here to rebuild. Yes. I, you know, I, I agree in the sense that I don't think he would have taken this job if he thought that they were going to just be a losing team for the next several years. I also think that he took the job knowing, because AK and Eversley were upfront about it, that this would not be a quick fix, easy process. And that Donovan wanted to collaborate with those guys um, and work together to find a common vision and execute it. And that it would not be something that included lots of easy shortcuts. I think that Donovan is a smart enough guy who recognizes talent at the NBA level. I know that this Bulls roster, yes, promising pieces 
never, you know, trash the roster of the team you just joined. Maybe you want to keep their trade value up. Maybe you want to raise their non-existent trade value. And maybe some of them you actually do believe in. But regardless, he can recognize talent and probably knew that there were going to be some growing pains, um, you know, at the onset here. It's a fascinating discussion with a lot of different angles to it, Matt, and uh, we can't cover it all in one day or one voicemail. We've continued to talk through a lot of this. So anybody that's a a relatively new listener, uh, I highly suggest going back in the last couple of months and maybe even a year and listening to some of the episodes that we've spent the majority of the episode talking about Zach, because a lot of these same conversations have popped up and they, for me, they only get easier to talk about when Zach plays the way that he has. It's just frustrating to see these losses man um we'll get to some more of your voicemails and text messages here in just a second but i want to tell you guys about betonline.ag betonline the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action football might be over but the nba college basketball and the nhl are in full swing betonline even covers awards tv shows and reality tv real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine betonline as you covered for all the news scores odds it's the best place to put your bets in and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So you deposit $100, they're going to give you 50 for free. You deposit 500, they're going to give you 250 for free. Tonight I'm on Zion assists, Matt. Zion had four assists in the first half last night against the Rockets. He had four fouls too. Imagine what he's going to be able to do in that front court if the Bulls manage to keep him somewhat manageable on the boards, somewhat manageable offensively. This team has been pretty good, and they're on a four-game winning streak, so I'm taking Zion assists tonight. I'm also taking P-Will to knock down two threes. So you can get all those odds and plenty more at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. I like that P-Will bet. Knock down a couple of threes on Monday. Hopefully Mm -hmm. you can keep that going. Because to be honest with you, dude, not too many other people are knocking down threes right now. We talked about Garrett Temple earlier in the week about how the cold streak he's been on. And Denzel's hit and miss every night, too, man. And, I mean, that guy doesn't – he doesn't see a shot he doesn't like. So, especially if he knocks one down early. So, with Kobe being in a slump, too, maybe it's P-Will's turn to start taking some more threes. Hey, man, it's – there's nobody whose development is more important right now than than P-Dub. So – Fire Correct. away, young son. <laughs> Correct. Um, all right, let's go to the nine five four. What's up, fellas? Thomas and Freddie uh, calling in from Fort um, Florida. Um, I do think the Bulls should go all in and try to get Riley Beal to play alongside Zach Levine. Because uh, honestly, nothing has worked in terms of finding their guy to go around. We've established that. Levine isn't the number one option. I think Beal could be the number one option on a championship team or a championship-specific team. Um, so he's got another ball handler and playmaker in there as well. I think in the off-season, we should make a cheap run at Justice Winslow. I know he hasn't played a lot. He's had some injury concerns uh, dating back from the days of the heat. But when he's in the heat, they gave him ball handling responsibilities for a certain time. So he does add another ball handler to, to the lineup that they could use, especially as small forward. I know that know, something the Bulls haven't had in probably Derrick Rose or maybe Chris Dunn, but Chris Dunn was more defensively. Um, but anyways, I think you can just go to Chief, put him on the three spot, and he's a very good defender when, uh, when healthy. I understand that's the thing with when healthy, so um, I don't think he'll be resigning with the Grizz, especially because they have a pretty busy backcourt as it is. 
um, and slide Patrick Williams to the floor. And Wendell at the five, so even if Beal and Levine have issues defensively continuing, which with Levine, he's been putting great effort in defense and improving his defense, which is something that you want to see from the best player on your, on your team right now. Um, but then you have Winslow, uh, Patrick Williams, and Wendell Carter Jr. as well. I mean, what you guys think, it's just something that's kind of great going out there. The other one I had was trading Laurie in a pick for Michael Bridges from uh, Phoenix, but I doubt Phoenix will do that because they're having a great year so far. Uh, thanks for the thanks for the content, boys. Have a good one. All right, Matt. Thank you. Hey, thanks for the phone call, too. Uh, we've got three things kind of going on here at once. Uh, Bradley Beal, uh, the option of trading for him and going all in on him. Uh, the possibility of trading Lowry to Phoenix for Mikhail Bridges, which I'll just be quite frank with you. I don't think that's happening. Um, but overall, what do you think? What, and the possibility of signing Justice Winslow, which I don't hate. I don't hate that idea either. But I guess more importantly, let's start with the Beal trade. Uh, what do you think about this? And more yeah. realistically, what what would you give up? Um, yeah, because, you know, he was, our, our caller was talking about going all in on Beal and pairing him with Zach, which, you know, Two very similar players, talented ISO scorers, talented shooters. Um, you know, what Beal's doing this season, you know, averaging 30 whatever points per game leading the league is is Zach on a on a you know additional level. If you're keeping Zach because you want to pair him with Beal, um, and you know, you, you can get into whether or not you think that's a great idea, you know, hoops schematics wise, I think there might be some issues there, as our caller pointed out. As far as just the what it would cost though. Everything. <laughs> Meme uh, with, you know, Thanos from uh, Avengers. What did it cost? Everything. Seriously, He's man. Leading the, he is the scoring champion this season. The season ain't over, and he already won the scoring title, people. That is a piece that requires the quote-unquote king's ransom. He is not James Harden. He is not a, you know, MVP, perennial MVP candidate like Harden is. But he is the next best thing when you're ranking the tier of stars in the NBA. You're talking one or two pieces of this young bulls, quote unquote core, this flexible core and multiple first round picks, multiple are Donovan and Eversley and AK willing to part with that much future draft capital right after taking these jobs they better be pretty damn sure that Beal would be worth it. Yeah, you got to keep Zach if you're trading draft picks. I think it costs you Lowry. I think it costs you Wendell. And I think it costs you Kobe right off the top, man. I, I don't think you get into a trade for Beal without trading Zach, without including all three of those guys. It, it just would be it would be stupid on the Wizards level to do that, especially because Bradley Beal has already sta- set, stated that he wants to stay. So it's not like his de- his value has decreased at all uh, for wanting out. That's what it would cost you. Yeah, and you're right, Matt. I mean, there's a window for the Bulls to be able to do this, but you would have to go out and acquire other first-round picks first. If you want to supplement yourself, there's a bunch of t- a handful of teams with a, with a lot of picks right now that are they're kind of stashing. So you take a look. I, I think about the Mavericks. We talked about the Mavericks a couple of weeks ago. They've got three first-round picks in this in this first round coming up this year. 
I mean, you could make a deal, send Thaddeus there. Maybe you get a draft pick for him. I mean, this is all talking through, but it would be a multi-step deal in order to acquire a bunch of picks, send them them Washington's way, and then you're still giving up the three core pieces of this roster for Beal and Levine. Now you're banking on two, man, that you go out and sign other pieces to surround them, and how good does that get you in the East? Yeah, I mean, making a move to get a player like Beal could... And probably not not even could would jump the bulls up the standings probably from where they are now languishing at what what are we what are we today nine and thirteen nine and fourteen to a team that is certainly a five hundred team uh a team that in the east can get you a playoff spot for sure even without the the whole nine ten business we're doing this year good enough to be a team that can get past a, a Giannis Bucks team good enough to get past that wildly talented young core they've got in Boston. I, you know that 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 is the decision that that AK would have to make on whether or not he thought that that would be good enough. Because you're right, I think it costs a lot of those other young pieces in addition to that draft capital. I would say, I don't think I'm overreacting here, and I don't think I'm being silly here. If there is one piece, you know, like that. I would say the Wizards can't have if we're making a trade for Beal is Patrick Williams. I'm with you. That is the protect at all costs asset that we have now. Thousand percent, man. I'm with you all the way on that. I mean, you need a reliable wing. He's the youngest player in the NBA to get rid of him. I mean, you'd... It, it, they would hang up the phone. I think AK and Mark Eversley are very smart, and uh, I think they would hang up the phone on them. So with that being said, man, uh, I don't hate the idea. I just think it takes multiple different moves, and this might even be a move that doesn't happen till maybe the summer or next season. If it is really serious, if you get to the point where we're starting to talk about rumors, that's when I could see it happen, and not this season, especially with Beal saying that he kind of wants to stay and I imagine there's going to be other teams, too, that have, have plenty of other offers. It only means good things for Zach, though, and I think that's why part and reason the Bulls are being sort of patient is they're seeing what is going to be offered for Beal because Beal is the easiest comp to what Levine is doing as far as stats-wise go, his shooting ability, and some of the core skills that he has. I think the Bulls are kind of waiting to see what his value is. Um so I don't hate the idea. I've, t- I've talked about it a bunch of different times. I don't hate the idea. I love Bradley Beal as a player, and he played for Billy Donovan in college. So there's a bunch of connections already made there. Um, but yeah, I just think it's it's too out of our hands at this point. Too many what-ifs and too many moving parts for us to say something definitive. I would love it, though. All right, let's get to the final voicemail uh, to kind of wrap up this episode. And anything we didn't get to, text, voicemails, other than that, we'll try to clean up on Friday's episode if nothing major breaks throughout the rest of the week. Uh, but that being said, uh, final call from Ken from the 770. Hey, guys, this is Kenny from Atlanta. I was just calling listening to your um, Tuesday episode about trading Larry for Lonzo Ball, among other things. Um, I just... I don't think I would do that. I've been a huge fan of Lonzo since he was coming out of college. He's coming out of high school, honestly. I wanted the Bulls to somehow get him or LaMelo because, you know, I knew they were talented this whole time. But I feel like it'd be kind of, I don't know, one step forward, one step back in a way because I feel like the reason we wanted, I mean, we wanted a point guard here for a while because, you know, obvious reasons. You need someone to set up the offense. You need someone to pass the ball. Um, 
but I feel like the person we want them to pass the ball to is Lowry, so it's kind of like we're giving up the person that we want the point guard for, but then we're getting the point guard back. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, you can pass the ball to Zach Levine, who gets it on his own anyways. I mean, I don't – I don't know. I mean, it still probably definitely helps the team, but I feel like it kind of – you'd just be left at the same spot. I'd rather – wait and sign him in the off season than trade Lowry for him especially because I mean it's, to me I'd rather have them together than have one instead of the other alright Globals thanks guys something that we should have we should have anticipated Matt is another Lonzo question um I don't know like the more I think about it now it might be too rich like the Bulls might say no to that like if they have to give up Lowry because I don't even I still think that they're undecided on Lowry especially with some of the things that he was doing before he got hurt man I don't even think it's going to cost you that much because I don't think the Pelicans have any interest whatsoever in re-signing Lonzo long term so the Pelicans are going to try to get something for him before this deadline that's that's how I feel man I don't see him walking into restricted free agency and letting the Pelicans basically say hey go out and find a contract and we'll match if we like it I just think that they're kind of ready to move on although him and him and Zion have played ridiculously well together over the last couple of games and uh, dating back to pre-bubble man back in February and March they played really well together too so um, I don't know it, it could be Alonzo thing too where he just kind of wants out and wants a fresh start as well but no coincidence the rumors start and all of a sudden he starts lighting it up from everywhere he did this similar uh, when he was being talked about in a Lakers trade just two years ago for Anthony Davis he was lighting up the world so I don't know. How do you feel about uh, any change from the Lowry Lonzo thing? Yeah, well, I mean, I know I mentioned on our show yesterday that I'm I'm a little skeptical and worried about this ridiculous, you know, 20 point jump across the board in all of Lonzo's field goal percentages in his first, you know, handful of games in February compared to December and January. Um, you know, that that has me a little bit worried. But as far as caller talking about, you know, uh, not being in favor of a Lowry-Lonzo swap because you would want to bring in Lonzo for the benefit of a player like Lowry. I certainly understand that logic. Um, we've talked at length about needs a teammate to get a lot of his looks for him or help him in some way. Hell, you were talking just last week after a, a, a near Thad Young triple-double where half or more of his assists went to Lowry if we need to you know, focus on keeping Thad Young around for Lowry's benefit, which is ridiculous and at the same time understandable. Um, it, it's, no, you know, it's no coincidence that Lowry is a guy who has near 80% of his made field goals assisted. Uh, that number has even climbed more this season compared to last season as the Bulls' offense has become a bit more efficient moving the ball. So yes, Lonzo arriving to help a player like me makes sense. But to counter a little bit of what you said, I don't think the the Pels are just going to let him walk, man. I mean, he's a former number two pick. And he, as you said, is playing pretty darn well right now leading up to that trade deadline. Maybe they would feel comfortable with just doing a change of scenery swap from players from the same draft class, and maybe they have plans on how to pair Lowry with Ingram, with Zion in certain rotations. But I honestly, if I'm the Pelicans, I'm not super convinced that taking a currently hurt Lowry for Lonzo is even a fair slash good trade for us. And, I, and that's coming from me, a Lowry believer. That Pelicans team is missing a shooter at that wing spot, though. 
you can definitely see it's depleted. The best wing shooter that they've had over the last, I don't know, three or four years, and I don't consider this, I'm talking more of a big, not Brandon Ingram, uh, has been Nico, man. Nico's been the best player that they've had at that four spot in the last three or four years. So I think about that too, and you know, something that you had mentioned when we were talking about Lonzo earlier in the week was all the guards too that the Pelicans have, and they're kind of waiting in the wings to get some playing time and opportunity. They took Kira Lewis Jr. just in this past draft and Nikhil Alexander-Walker in the mid-first round of last year's draft. So they've got guards waiting in the wing and also at the same time too it's just kind of confusing what the Pelicans are trying to do and not even this season. What are they trying to do over the next two or three seasons? Are you trying to start to win now? Because it seems like you got enough pieces in, in place to win so developing other young players and getting another young player in return I don't know, to me, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense considering the timeline of Ingram, maybe even the timeline of Zion and a couple of other pieces on that team. And maybe maybe they're not as far along as I thought that they were. But yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's hard to gauge the value on Lonzo. Even if you trade Lowry to the Pelicans, the Pelicans still have to decide on whether or not they want to re-sign him come the summer. I would imagine if you're making this deal that the Pelicans are trying to find a way to re-sign him at all costs. But uh, that's something to consider, too, when you're talking about a Lowry trade. I, I mean, I think the Pelicans are absolutely trying to be in win-now mode. You think about where they are cap-wise, who's on what contracts and what kind of talent they have. You know, Ingram certainly earned that contract. Uh, you know, he's one of the best rising stars in the league right now. But they have Zion, another player who is proven to be a force when he's out there. You know, he, he's backing up the hype so far when he's healthy and on the court on a rookie-scale deal. And, you know, they moved on from Drew Holiday, a vet who was good, but certainly uh, a little overpaid, you might say. And they have, as you and I said at the beginning of today's show, complimentary pieces that are good, that are helping. They've got a good deep bench. If, if that's not a win-now team, a max-level star contract-wise and production-wise – a secondary star like Zion and all of those quality, you know, role players around them, that is absolutely a team in win now mode. I'm just thinking too, like say say it doesn't have to be Lowry. Maybe they're thinking from the aspect of we're going to lose Lonzo anyway into free agency, so we might as well get something back for him, and maybe we can clear some cap space on top of that. I think that's why it's still not out of the realm of possibility that they deal for a guy like Otto, who's got a inflated contract but is off the books in, in six months. I think that is a realistic possibility, too, if the Pelicans say, eh, there's two or three pieces on this team that just don't fit. Maybe we can reload this summer with tier two, tier three, tier four players to kind of uh, mold that roster around Ingram and Zion. I see that as a still as a possibility, but then it's like, what else do you add with Otto? I told you, I think Otto, Hutch, and Sadoransky make a decent amount of sense for Adams and Lonzo Ball. Both of those guys are still under contract for two more years. Uh, the Bulls would be taking on their money, uh, Stephen Adams' money, and you'd re-sign Lonzo Ball. That would be the, the plan is re-sign him long term. At that point, I look at the Bulls' opportunity in free agency, and there's nothing there, man. I just don't see anything that jumps out to me that says, hey, don't don't roll the dice on a move like this and wait to save in free agency. We know how that's worked out in the past, too. So 
I don't know. It's a confusing situation. Right. I talk myself Boy, in and out of these. His cap flexibility, didn't he? Oh my God, it, no doubt, man, no doubt. And they didn't use it at all either. So, or they you did. They used it on Dwayne Wade. So that was great. But uh, yeah, I mean, man, it's it's going to be a continued conversation that we have, and I'm excited to see the Pelicans again tonight. And maybe this is a little bit of a tryout for some of the guys on both sides of the roster as we near the trade deadline about a month or so out. Uh, you got anything else? Final final thought? Anything? Uh, no, man. I think that covers it. Um, I know that we've got uh, several emails and a whole bunch of text messages also uh, that are still sitting fresh in our inbox we didn't get to today. So like you said, hopefully uh, we'll get to that either to tomorrow or on Friday to send you guys into the weekend with uh, with another uh, mailbag episode. But let's 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 get a w tonight shall we let's do let's break the pelican streak they're coming off a back-to-back tonight so it's a prime opportunity for the bulls to get right with their shooting and uh let's avoid another slow start tonight too and let's not play catch up uh but that is gonna about do it here on locked on bulls thanks again for listening for everybody who's dropped us a text a voicemail an email a tweet over the last week or so continue to send those to us 331-979-1369 the place to drop your text your voicemails anything you got for is 331-979-1369. You can email us at LockedOnBulls at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at Jordan C. Malley at Bulls underscore Peck and at LockedOnBulls. For Matt Peck, I'm Jordan Malley, Bulls Nation. Have a wonderful day. Enjoy Pelicans and Bulls tonight. Be back tomorrow with a fresh episode. For Jordan and Matt, we are out. Deuces. Locked On Bulls, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. Hosts Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. For more content and to stay up to date, head over to LockedOnBulls.com. Thanks a lot. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.